I invite you to remain standing as you are able for the reading of our scripture today. It comes from the 11th chapter of the prophet Isaiah, and it speaks of a powerful vision of God's peace that we have just sung about. I invite you to receive these holy words. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness. He will judge the needy with justice. He will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness, the sash around his waist. The wolf will lie down with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf, and the lion, and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on my holy mountain, and the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks. As you are seated, again, I say a word of welcome to those joining with us in person, as well as those joining with us online. We're so thankful, thankful, thankful for your presence today. I want to let you know um, of a couple of things on the back of your bulletin. You'll notice that there are two big graphics, um, and there is one that says and shares our Christmas Eve worship schedule. This coming Friday is Christmas Eve, and we're going to have so much, so many opportunities to worship here at Pulaski Heights. At two o'clock, we'll be having a contemporary service here in Wesley Hall that will be streamed uh, for our online audience as well. At four o'clock in our gym, we'll be having a family Christmas service with live animals and a Christmas pageant, and it should all be a lot of fun. And then at six o'clock, eight o'clock, and 11 o'clock, we'll be having worship over in the sanctuary. The six o'clock service will be streamed online as well as the 11 o'clock, which will also be broadcast on television. So hope that you will join us for one of those things. And then next Sunday, which is the 26th, we'll be having a service in here at 1030 instead of at 11. There'll be no Sunday school. And then uh, the sanctuary will be having a ser- one service at 1030 as well. So hope that you'll continue to join us in worship this Christmas season. We are so thankful uh, for your presence and so thankful for your continued support of Pulaski Heights. Let us go to God in prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. For both my time in undergrad at Louisiana State University and my time in seminary in the Chicago area, I had quite long trips to return to my parents' home this time of year to celebrate Christmas with my family. And any of you who have gone on long road trips, you know those familiar feelings as you enter onto that highway before a very long stretch of road and you see something like 300 miles till your destination. 
and you go, oh my goodness, how are we ever going to get there? And then a couple of hours later, you'll see another sign that says only 247 miles to your destination. And you say, wow, well, I've come so far and I've still got so far to go. I've come so far and I've still got so far to go. Advent can sometimes feel like that for me. I don't know about you, but each year as I go to worship each Sunday, as I see a new candle lit each Sunday in worship, we have our Advent wreath where we light another candle each week. And so today, the last Sunday in Advent, before Christmas Eve, we have all four of our Advent candles lit. And we are almost there, we have come so far, and yet if you're like me, you feel like there is still so much to be done before Christmas. There is still so far to go. As we think about our scripture, as we think about Christ, our Prince of Peace, that name of God that we celebrate today as we finalize our Advent worship series, we shall call him about the names of Jesus given in Isaiah 9. As we think about that Prince of Peace coming into the world, as Magri de Vega says in the book Almost Christmas, it doesn't take long to look around us and see how far we are from the peace of our destination. It doesn't take long to look around us and see that we are not where we need to be in our quest for peace. Whether it is looking around us and seeing hateful language used online, whether it is looking around us and seeing the violence that exists around the world and even in our own communities, whether it is looking around us and seeing the turmoil that erupts when storms ravage the communities in the states around us, whether it is looking at our own relationships and seeing stress and struggle and unspoken words, whether it is in our own lives and heads and hearts where we are a mess of anxiety and grief and brokenness, we are in need of peace. And we are so far from that peace that Christ promises us. But what we celebrate at Christmas is that one is coming who promises to bring us that peace. The prophet Isaiah was writing to the people of Judah, people in the ancient times who like us could look around their lives, look around their world and see that peace was not where it needed to be. They looked around them and they saw that Israel, the kingdom of Israel that had split uh, years before, the, the northern kingdom of Israel had already been conquered. Their former brothers and sisters, again, they had split from already as two nations because of lack of peace. And the people of Judah to whom Isaiah is writing, look at their northern neighbors, their former brothers and sisters of Yahweh, and they say they have already been conquered. They have been scattered. And they, those people of Judah, are looking at 
threats from surrounding nations around them, threats of violence and conquering from those who seek to do them harm. And they look within their own country, within their own communities, and they see that the holy city of Jerusalem that used to be that residing place of the Holy One, had become a center of wealth and had begun to foster oppression and injustice and poverty for people living there. They looked around them and they too saw that peace was not their that peace was a far off destination. And Isaiah writes some pretty scary words about the inevitable struggles that will befall the people of Judah. Struggles that they knew by, like us, looking around their world. But Isaiah also says, one is coming who will change everything. One is coming who will change everything. A child is coming. This would have been unexpected for them to hear. Right? If one is coming who will save your people, who will be a king to lead your nation, you expect one to come with a powerful sword, with a conquering spirit. When stories were written for the ancient Israelites of powerful kings coming to save them, they would have stories about them interacting with animals slaying the lions, forcing the bears to be banished from the kingdom. They had these powerful images, and yet what Isaiah is saying is that this one who would come, this child who would be born, would bring about a different kind of peace, a different kind of world, one which was unexpected, but one which was everlasting and more powerful than they could ever imagine. A root will come up from the stump of Jesse. That is, a child will be born from the line of David, but even more powerful, what Isaiah is saying here is that out of a stump, out of nothingness, out of that which seems dead and far gone, life can still sprout forth. Life that will come to change this world around us that seems too far gone to ever be saved. This world around us that seems too violent to ever be calm. This world around us that seems to have too much struggle in our hearts for us to ever know peace. One is coming who will change all that. One is coming for whom even lions and lambs will lie down together. Leopards and goats will graze together, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, led by a little child. One who is coming will change everything. That person we as Christians recognize as the person of Jesus. The Christ child who came in the world, not as a conquering hero with a sword and shield, 
but as a baby, as a child in a manger, seemingly helpless and vulnerable into a world that is broken. But that child came to change everything. That child came into this broken world to bring about that peace that was needed. Just like the ancient Judeans, just like us, the people and the community in Christ's birth story were also in need of peace, right? Mary, a young girl, gives birth to this child and doesn't necessarily know what to do. She is filled with confusion and fear when she first gets that message that she is to give birth to the Son of God. Joseph needs peace when he finds out that his fiance is going to bear the child of God. The shepherds need peace when they hear this fearful message from angels in the middle of a field that this Savior has come. The wise people and all of the people need peace when Herod threatens genocide for those children that are seen as threats. Everyone is in need of peace and a different kind of peace than the world promises. Because you see the Roman government for which Herod worked did promise peace. The Pax Romano, the peace of Rome, and that was what Herod was trying to keep when he threatened to kill all of the children born that he saw as a threat to that peace. But the peace that Jesus came to bring is a different kind of peace than the world. He tells his disciples at the end of his life, I come to bring a peace that is different from that that the world brings. The peace that I bring is a peace that passes all understanding. And certainly that vision of a peaceful creation led by these animals and a child living with each other in this strange environment, but that is felt by righteousness and justice is something that Jesus came to bring and that he lived out in his life. It wasn't just a pie-in-the-sky vision from that prophet, but it was reality, that peace that Christ came to bring. As he came into the brokenness and he offered healing to those that the world had thrown aside, as he offered blessings to the poor and the struggling and the oppressed, as he slept in the middle of a literal storm raging in the world, as he entered people's grief and wept at the tomb of his friend Lazarus, and as he died and was raised from the dead, Christ brought a different kind of peace. And that is the peace that we look for at Christmas when we look all around us at a world for which we say that kind of peace cannot exist. The power of that child in a manger says otherwise. The power of that child in a manger is our resilient hope in the face of relationships and inner turmoil 
and communities and a world that is broken. We have hope that a child leads us into something different. Not just in a big imaginary way, but in reality here on earth. Christmas Eve in the year of 1914 was a year when the United States was at war in World War I. And that year in Europe, the British and German forces were facing off. The sounds of gunpowder, the noises and the screams of hurt had been experienced by all of these soldiers. But on Christmas Eve in 1914, there on the battlefield ravaged by war, the noises of violence stopped as the German and British troops had a ceasefire and sang together Silent Night. There was a bishop there, an Anglican bishop who was present there on the battlefield and talks about going and shaking the hands of all of the soldiers whose words echoed through that night. He said, we were shaking the hands of those whom days before we had been trying to kill. Christ's peace becoming a reality. And yet we know that that was only a glimpse. It was only a blip of World War I, right? Sometimes it seems as if we can only get glimpses of peace before the violence and hatred and turmoil erupts once more. But the shalom, that word in ancient Hebrew, the shalom that Christ offers is a word that doesn't translate well into English, but it is a word that means peace. It is a word that means wholeness, that means full and complete health, that means total healing. Christ's shalom is what comes into the world in the person and the child of Jesus to lead us to not only a peace of one night in the midst of this world, but to a peace eternal that lives and reigns forever. A peace that transforms the turmoil in our hearts and minds and souls that rage, the peace that transforms our relationships, the peace that transforms our community and our world into one where justice and righteousness reign. And friends, that is not meant to just be a pie-in-the-sky dream. It is meant to be a reality. And so this week, as you look towards the coming of that Christ child, I invite you to open yourselves up for us all to open ourselves up to shalom. That in the midst of this week where some things can seem so busy and so hectic, that we can find some moments of breathing. That we can find some moments to try and silence the voices of anxiety and struggle inside ourselves, that we can take the moments to grieve if we need to grieve, 
that we can seek healing in our relationships with other people and that we can look around the world and see ways that we can participate in the justice and righteousness that our Prince of Peace comes to bring. It is my hope and it is my prayer this week that as we sing Silent Night with our candles raised on Christmas Eve, as we sing that familiar chorus, sleep in heavenly peace, that those words of heavenly peace may not just be a prayer for God's peace in eternity, but may be a prayer for God's peace in the here and now. We have sung the words, let there be peace, let it start in me. Friends, we all have an opportunity to be a part of Christ's peace in our lives, in our relationships, in our community, and in our world. Because the Christ child who is coming in the manger comes to lead us into an even greater reality than we can even imagine. May our prayer not just be that we sleep in heavenly peace, but that heaven's peace comes down to earth through each and every one of us. Amen.